So since we're already recording, do we just want to get into the stuff? So our recording. Yeah, we probably should. <laughs> horribly long. We, <laughs> well, you know, I don't mind horribly long, but yeah, that's probably a good idea. We should maybe talk about My Hero Academia on this My Hero Academia podcast. Yeah, just a little um, bit, as a treat. <laughs> just, exactly. Uh, just in case someone didn't listen to the previous episode, why don't you go ahead and tell people who you are, and then we'll, we'll jump fully into it. Okay, yeah. So uh, you'll start us off with like a little intro or something, and then I present myself. Yeah, basically. Okay. Or I'll just edit to this point and let, let people figure it out from there. <laughs> okay, all right. Okay, well, um, I'm Oceans. I'm an anime slash video game YouTuber. I've been doing this for about three years. And on my channel, you can find a lot of very pretentious video essays about <laughs> kids' cartoons. Uh, yeah, like I, I study literature, so I try to connect that to shonen anime, which works about as well as you'd expect. So if you're interested, you can check me out over on my channel. And that's me. That sounds like a perfect combination to me. I don't know what the problem is. If anything, I don't think there should be a distinction between literature and shonen anime. So like, uh, or shonen manga. <laughs> I mean, that's true. But also, you know, when you get to a, not a genre, but like a, an industry as hyper focused on profit margins as, you know, weekly kids comics, it's kind of hard to sincerely try and uh, fit it into sort of a literary canon, even more so when, you know, my literary knowledge is very much focused on uh, the West and Central Europe and America and the UK. And trying to fit right, right, right. Like, those thematic ideas onto Japanese fiction is always a little bit, you know, shaky. Like, I write <laughs> all of my scripts standing on one leg, basically, if you know what I mean. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, like, to be completely honest with you, the stuff that I did study when I was in college that was considered literature, there's legit just better stuff that is in manga than some of that so to like I, to be fair and i think there's some stuff that's actually deeper because a lot of that stuff was just like hey what if like sadness yeah pretty much <laughs> so but yeah I, I can see it is it is sort of difficult to to sometimes fit that into into that area mm -hmm. and it's especially difficult when the movie does not give you a ton to work with on that level uh i see you're very eager to uh <laughs> You're very eager to discuss the merits or lack thereof. <laughs> right, yes, I am. Because uh, like so so we talked about the the first movie in our in our previous podcast and it's been a few months so my memory of that was that we kind of came to conclusion that it was all right especially as an anime movie mm -hmm. the but overall it just didn't really fulfill any of the the needs that could have been met by that movie. Is that mm -hmm. sort of right? Yeah, I think if if I remember correctly, our verdict was basically that it was inoffensive and fun enough, right? Yeah. I think if this movie had... Okay, so the, as it is, I would say that this movie is overall okay. There's, mm -hmm. there's a huge, massive, annoying thing that is just red and pulsating in my brain right now causing cancer, I'm sure. <laughs> but I... I and I, we will talk about that. But outside of that particular thing... I think overall, I would probably feel very similarly about this movie if it weren't for that that particular issue. Mm -hmm. um, I think that what this movie does better than um, the first uh, My Hero movie did is I think it does a better job of showcasing all of the characters that are in in it, and, and it's actually expanded the the roster of which like one A uh, class characters are in this movie, and so 
I, I kind of appreciate that because it gives like, you know, like uh, fucking tape elbows guy. He gets a moment to shine. Mm-hmm. And like there's there's just so many little background characters that actually get moments. And I, I can appreciate that. And I think that that is a, a good way for a um, anime movie to go if you're not going to try and do something like daring and actually influence the story in some direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think one of the biggest problems um, that people identified when the first movie came out was that it was kind of just a movie about Deku and his closest friends. And the excuses mm-hmm. for only them being on that, like, uh, scientist island was complete nonsense. I was like, oh, yeah, right. we all just happened to be here. You know, all your favorite <laughs> right. characters. Whereas this one actually commits to the entire class. And, like, uh, I just watched it this afternoon with my girlfriend. And the only character that genuinely does absolute jack shit is the invisible girl. Uh, everyone yeah, and- else gets a moment to shine. She kind of always doesn't do anything, so that kind of fits. <laughs> but and also, she's not well. Uh, we can we can get into the the usage of powers because I have some questions about that. Uh-huh. But um, I think that yeah, that that is one of the big strengths of this movie. Like I I really appreciate that you both get to see all of these characters working together in a like what is supposed to be sort of the normal kid hero thing of like they're helping the elderly, they're they're out charging batteries, they're you know doing fun like summer adventure job type stuff mm-hmm. and then you also get to contrast that with oh now they're all working together to beat the shit out of some guys and in in my opinion in bakugo and and uh Tod- todoroki's case actually murder guys yeah um, that's that's <laughs> the thing that's one of the things I, i'm not sure on if i like this movie more or less because of it because they just straight up commit murder and both of their <laughs> victims survive it's the dumbest shit <laughs> that's the thing is like it feels like so you've got um i think it's is it kaminari or is he the electric guy the guy that's that uh is is like can turn himself into rock and get tougher that's, uh, what's, what's his name that's kirishima kirishima yeah uh kirishima his whole thing is that he gets tougher and can survive things mm-hmm. which just seems to be a standard power that everyone has because so many people hit get hit with stuff that they should not survive yeah, like, My Hero has this weird thing where sometimes it will acknowledge that all the characters are human beings and that they are pretty fragile. Like, especially in the main series, you know, you have fights that last two punches because you just don't survive more than two punches from these people. Right. And then you get to the movies and it's like, oh, yeah, so I got point-blank nuked by Bakugo's strongest attack, which can melt rock, and I'm fine. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's not even burned later. Like, they've tied him up, and he's, I guess, unconscious. Yeah. And they say they're interrogating him, but straight up, Bakugo, like, landed next to him, and with a attack that he says he has, like, charged up. So it's not even, like, his normal big blast. It's, like, an extra big blast yeah. that, like you said, melts rocks. And all this guy does is he's got some, like, cloth that he can move. <laughs> Yeah. It's the dumbest thing that he survives that. Okay, honestly, <laughs> I am more upset about uh, Chimera surviving Todoroki's attack, though. Because, like, you know... Good oh, lord, yeah! Yeah, because, like, it's shown in anime. Okay, someone gets exploded, whatever. If we don't see their body parts fall off, then the explosion didn't really happen, right? Which is <laughs> right, right. But Todoroki fucking freezes this guy from the inside out. Uh-huh. Shoves his whole arm in his mouth and then like freezes him to the point that a giant crystal erupts from his mouth. That guy is incredible. Well, okay. Maybe if they thaw him out in a million years with like special cryogenic technology, he'll be fine. But yeah, that guy is incredibly dead. 
Yeah. Uh, it's it's hilarious to me that they're like, no, nah, it's, it's, it's cool because they're heroes. He survives. It's fine. Well, Don't you know, that's, what, that's one of those things in My Hero in general that is always a bit dissonant, where you have these epic, cool moments of, ah, we're heroes, we save people. And it's like, well, I'm pretty sure people like Endeavor and All Might have definitely committed, like, first-degree murder. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, all the time. Like, if all... <laughs> Like, All Might in his prime, if he literally just blinked at you, you probably exploded. No no joke, for real. Like, yeah. it, especially Endeavor, though. Like, I, I could see an actual arc being written around, like, this situation that comes up where they've, like, got video of Endeavor killing a guy. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that, like, he was like, no, there, there wasn't really an option. It was either kill him or let him blow up a city because his quirk was blah da blah da blah and it mm-hmm. does blah da blah da blah so I made a split second decision and I don't regret it. Fuck you. Uh, have you read uh, Vigilantes? <laughs> I have not. Because Is that uh, something that happens in there? Well, no. It's uh, It doesn't happen like that and it doesn't happen in like a good way but what happens is Endeavor does appear in uh, one of the final arcs because it's ending soon. Oh, and, um, okay. Yeah, they're like, we have to apprehend these people and Endeavor's like, Okay, gotcha. I'm killing them. And the police are like, what? No. <laughs> right, right. Apprehend. Wink, wink. Yeah. And he, no, he legitimately, to, to kill one guy, he sets an entire street on fire. And then his sidekicks come in and have to, like, water hose him down because he's so on fire. Like, it, and, like, the, the wow. series doesn't treat it any differently. Like, ah, oh, yes, this is hero work. And Endeavor's like, oh, I'm going to kill this kid. I'm fucking murder Damn. Yeah. I, I mean, like okay, so when when Endeavor fights, oh, we should probably go ahead and say this. Uh, I I don't intend to like censor myself at all as far as spoilers go. Mm-hmm. So like, if you're worried about spoilers up through what chapter is out, like three hundred and something. Three hundred and seventeen is about to come out as we're talking about this. Oh no, three hundred and eighteen is about to come out. So okay. up to three hundred and seventeen is what okay. We're so about. if you have not read up to that, like. I plan to spoil stuff that is wherever I want to. So if you're worried about that kind of thing, maybe turn off the podcast. I don't know. Maybe we won't get that far into it. I definitely intend to compare this arc to the recent war arc in some ways. Oh, yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so if you're worried about that kind of thing, maybe don't listen. But also listen because it's going to be a fun conversation either way. Yeah, because, um, I mean, I, I genuinely can – I'm sorry. I cannot be spoiler-free because that would require me to remember chapter numbers and stuff. And I exactly. failed every single math test I've taken in my life. So, <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. I'm I'm on the same board. That's why I was an English major. <laughs> um, but uh, so, yeah, like I I feel like Endeavor definitely like had at least some moments of like, okay, I'm trying to fight this this high end dude, right? And it, he, like, had to make the decision, okay, I'm going to kill him now. Mm-hmm. And so it, it didn't feel like it was just a, like, he's throwing fire out there, and if the guy, he's not going full Ivan Drago, if he dies, he dies, you yeah. know. But it did feel like he had to make a decision. In this movie, they're just like, nah, Todoroki's just like, yeah, it's cool. I'm just going to freeze this guy to death. And I refuse to believe that that, that guy survived at all. Like, no way. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, that's I'm, kind of the thing with, Shonen manga in general, right? You have all these kids who are so ready to use lethal force with, like, no second mm-hmm. thoughts. Like, Naruto oh, was yeah. the same, right? At least in that one, though, it, it made sense. Naruto, like, they were explicitly child soldiers. That's it didn't play true. it that way all the time, but that's what they were. In this, there's at least the, like, the veneer of, no, hero society is cool and good, and no one ever dies in heroic missions, and everything's fine, even though very clearly underneath the surface of this that is not the case mm-hmm. but i think and i think that's to me 
what makes it notable because in a series where it was just, you know, fun hijinks and, you know, normal shonen stuff, like if this was fucking fairy tale and everything always turned out happy in the end and the good guys like turned the bad guys good half the time, I would be perfectly fine with this level of force being used against people and and them surviving. Mm-hmm. But because my Hero Academia does such a good job and is so willing to go into the like, no, there's some actually some pretty dark elements of of the heroic world and the way that I've set this up. And this is how that would look that it makes me look at this scene and go, no, that guy's dead. The way you've set up this world, that guy could die in a fight and he definitely just died in this fight. Yeah, well, the thing with the movies and this movie especially is that they are very bad at marrying their own ideas with the general vibe of like the main story. Um, That's fair. And that was like, to me, I remember when I first watched this movie, um, that was maybe my biggest problem with it. Where like, it's not that it's not canon or whatever. It's that it just completely goes against my hero academia as like a story for most of its run. Um, Mm -hmm. This second time around, I got in with the expectation of just, to have dumb fun, to watch some cool yeah. animation. And it is better that way. I don't know if it's mm-hmm. good. <laughs> because <laughs> once you stop That's... looking at it as like, you know, a My Hero Academia story, and you're like, okay, I'm just mm-hmm. going to watch this as a movie and just kind of have fun mm-hmm. with it, you realize this movie is 50% just fighting. And most of it is like cool, but that's it, right? Literally at least 50. I think the 40-minute mark is where the fighting starts, and it's basically nonstop through the entire thing. But there's like the, the first main fight where the heroes lose, and then a quick break for them to, be, to regroup and be like, all right, here's what we learned, here's what we're going to do in return, and then the rest of it is just straight-up fighting. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you're, you're not wrong. It is, it is largely just a all-out brawl for, for most of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I agree with you that like it's it is definitely better if you go into it knowing you're not gonna get a well told epic story or or a lot of good character work. I think if you look at this as like, hey, here's an a a a hour and a half long commercial for what you could get from a My Hero Academia story, it's almost good because it almost works. I think if the ending worked, this movie would have an entirely like different reputation. And I kind of do want to go ahead and talk into it because it's hard to to dance around mm-hmm. how how badly that ending fumbles when a perfect answer to make it really heartfelt and really cool is right there at, in its at its fingertips. Mm-hmm. Um I kind of want to get your your thoughts on it before I, I lay out the way that I, I think you could just instantly fix the entire thing. Uh, but but to to let the audience know in case someone hasn't listened, the end of this movie uh, to to defeat the bad guy, Deku and uh, Deku shares all for one with well gives all for one to Bakugo, mm-hmm. and it's this like really intense moment. Like they've they've built up to it really well. I think in a lot of ways they've set up the fight to where you're, it's believable that they would need that to to overcome him. Uh, Deku shares it with him. They've got like instead of the epic badass awesome music playing they've got like a slow sad song playing because Deku is in theory losing his his ability to use all for one after this fight because he's using it all up right now to 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 win this and at the end of the movie they're literally just like nah we we didn't do that it's it's fine um Bakugo didn't didn't get all for one because um it's a miracle fuck you go away 
Yeah. <laughs> that's basically what it is. Like they're trying to play it off as this like emotional, awesome thing that like, no, one for all is just meant for Deku and it, it wasn't right for Bakugo. And it's, it's a miracle that one for all just pulled off on its own because it's sentient, I guess, or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't, don't look too hard at this. And it's just a complete failure of the emotion that they're trying to, to create in the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, what what do you you think of that entire mess? Okay, well, first of all, when I first heard that uh, Baku gets one for all in this movie, I basically in my head like a little a little man walked out of his office, took the file that says My Academia Movie Two, and put it squarely into the garbage folder. Like <laughs> that is. <laughs> That is already as a concept. I don't like that. I don't think Deku mm-hmm. should ever share one for all with anyone in the story, uh, which you know makes this so much worse. Because I don't know if I told you last time or if you know, but this movie is based on Horikoshi's original draft for the ending of My Hero Academia. Like this was how. It was oh, of the entire thing. Yeah, this was how it was supposed to end. Probably interesting. With okay. uh, nine being replaced by Shigaraki, but um, yeah, this was. Back when uh, Hori planned to end it at around 30 volumes. Uh, wow. So to think that the man thought okay. this was it, it makes me lose so much confidence in him. But, um, <laughs> I mean, I could, I could see a, a way that you could tell that story and it would work. Um, but I can definitely see a lot of ways that it, it could not. I, I, I want you to continue, though. Yeah, because the thing for me is, and this is a problem with a lot of anime movies and with the Mahiro movies especially, they're very uh, reliant on empty hype, where it's just like, yes. oh my god, he gets one for all, no way! And it's like, mm-hmm. it relies on that reaction so much that it for- kind of forgets to flesh it out in any right. reasonable way. Like, sure, Bakugo getting one for all is a emotional moment in by itself. Like, I like how Bakugo's first thought after receiving it is, your dream is dead, holy shit, are you okay with this? Like, I do like... Right. Um, yeah. I The uh, montage of them fighting Nine with um, Mighty You, the emotional song playing, is mm-hmm. notable, but I don't think it works. Like, you can tell that the scenes at the uh, cuts were made uh, and boarded without the song in mind. Like, there's a, a couple of... <laughs> right. There, there's, like, one scene specifically where, like, the, the song swells up and you just have this cut of nine sort of reeling in pain. It's like, this does not work whatsoever. Like, d- Absolutely. If you're going to do this, you, board it with this in mind, right? Exactly. You need to either do that or just go ahead and give us one more remix of, of You Say Run and then well, run with it, man. <laughs> actually, uh, the song that plays is a slowed down vocal version of You Say Run. Oh, okay. Like okay, that's fair. It's uh, considered You Say Run's true version it's used it's been used in the anime once as well um i'm gonna go ahead and say no on that true version thing no it's a good song i like it It, it's it's not hitting me in the same play the the normal version does well you know what i'll take it because dear god the tv anime absolutely hates using the normal version now for some reason (laughs) well yeah that's fair used it since season two it's terrible but anyway to get back to the topic at hand like I don't think the fight, it's, the final fight itself works very well because it ends up being sort of an, an AMV more than an actual mm-hmm. fight. And Absolutely. I don't think that that's quite what I wanted out of it, but it's cool enough. Like, you know, it completely jumps the shark 
with Deku and Bakugo just both being able to use full cowling at 100%. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, which, which is insane. Yeah, because I remember when the movie first came out and there weren't any good translations out, people were saying, oh, it's because um, the cell regeneration kid is like continuously regenerating them. So it's like uh, with Eri in the main story. Right. But that's not what happens. Like that nope. is not what happens. <laughs> Not at all. It's just like, all right, you transferred your power over to Bakugo. I guess you can just both use it at 100% with no problems whatsoever. It's cool. Yeah, you're going to hurt your arm a little, but really you're just going at a, at a billion percent and it's it's fine. No yeah. worries. Just uh, just go for it. Although I will say there's a really – one cute moment is when Bakugo notices how much it hurts to break your arms and Deku's just like, come on, pussy. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah, I love that. There are a lot of little tiny moments in this thing that I think if the if the whole piece worked would be great. But the entire time you're watching it, it is just hanging over this scene as that like, no, this is a movie. The the, the storyline is continuing past this point in the manga. Mm-hmm. I know this doesn't end up sticking. Like yeah. just just don't 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 fuck with me on this. You can't pretend that's what's going to happen here. Yeah. Um and, and- uh, yeah, yeah no, what I was I was gonna lead this back into like the big oopsie at the end. Uh when they <laughs> when the movie has uh three minutes of runtime left and has to somehow undo this. Um <laughs> Exactly, yeah. And to me, like it's so frustrating because All Might goes and says, Oh, it must have been because Bakugo lost consciousness before the transfer was complete. No, mm-hmm. that's not it. It's a miracle. I'm like, you had a <laughs> decent explanation like i would have accepted that explanation because i doubt we'll ever be in a situation again where that matters mm-hmm. so like and, say, and okay, they've actually revealed now that like he couldn't transfer it to bakugo yeah, like course. it would just straight up kill him so yeah. it, it it does make sense that it wouldn't work with that but yeah like at the time there's you could easily make it work better than that yeah. but go ahead continue Sorry. just say like his body rejected it because it was so beat up because we know that mm-hmm. uh, one for inheriting one for all, you need a certain physical fitness to do it. And Baku destroyed his body within the first minute of having it. So <laughs> right, exactly. Stick. Yeah, that I would accept. Like it would still be stupid, but it would be the kind of stupid where I'm like, okay, look, this is a movie, and you have to revert it. That's fine. But and All Might's almost there. Like he has it. He's starting to mm-hmm. say, it. he's like, oh no, it's actually a miracle. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. we will clasp our hands together in prayer for one for all that it allows us to happen. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let me, let me lay out an idea for you uh-huh. that I think would fix the entire thing and make all of those emotionally resonant, resonant moments work a lot better if they just made this tiny change. It's not that, that, that it doesn't work. It's that Bakugo says, no, fuck this, and gives it back to Deku before the transfer is complete. And that's all they have to do. And that changes it completely because instead of it just being like, a, oh, we can't do this because it wouldn't work in the manga, it's a, a character moment on Bakugo's per, on his end because Bakugo doesn't want one for all. He wants to be the best with his quirk. He, he wants himself to be the best. His entire ideology is antithetical to what one for all is. And so him giving it back would be a a perfect character choice on his part and it because you could just be like, "Oh, it was so quick. He just did it right then, so it doesn't have any lasting effects. It's all fine." And now Bakugo gets this cool moment of like, "Nah, fuck that. I'm not going to be the most powerful hero on the backs of all these other heroes. I'm going to be the most powerful hero. Fuck you." Mhm. That could I actually think, work pretty well. Yeah, I like that. 
I, I think that's all you have to do. And then, and then you don't have this massive issue and all those moments of emotional resonance about like, oh, this is the last time that Deku will use one for all, wink, wink, become these moments of like Bakugo growing to understand what Deku is constantly putting himself through by using this quirk. Mm-hmm. And I think that that would be just Oh, just so much stronger as as a as an idea in in general. Um, well, I don't necessarily it, think necessarily it's even just that it would be a stronger idea. It would be an idea, period. Because the way it is, the movie <laughs> right? right now, that's a good point. Yeah, because the, the movie, like I was, sh- I thought I remembered that All Might at least specifically says that um, you know the wielders of One for All uh, gave it back to Deku because they prefer him. But he he doesn't even confirm it. He just says, "Oh, it's a miracle." One for all remained within Deku. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> why would that even be a miracle? Like, yeah. it's it's not like Bakugo is gonna take this and be like, oh, I've got one for all now. I'm going to become the new ruler of this world. <laughs> like, <laughs> which would be hilarious to be honest. But um, yeah, it's just it doesn't it none of it none of it works at all. And it just it's such a sour note to ruin this already kind of mediocre movie. Mm-hmm. That it, it it's just so sad, especially when a cool answer is right there at their finger fingertips, and they just don't don't want it. Yeah, well, the thing with your answer is that Bakugo rejecting one for all as a character growth moment is something I would actually like to see in the main series as opposed to a canon movie, because like, oh fair, yeah. And this brings me to my main point about this movie, which is, dear God, this movie wastes so many things I would have preferred seeing in the uh, main story first. Like, mm, when the yeah. first trailer started coming out, and it was like, okay, this movie's about Deku and Bakugo finally working together. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, this <laughs> thing, th- this character relationship that in many ways is at the heart of the main story is going to get, like, a cheap early resolution in a fucking popcorn movie. Like, <laughs> it's... <laughs> yeah. And I think that's where, like, that's where I struggle respecting this movie in a lot of ways because it just feels so cynical and, like cash grabby in that sense where it's like oh look at all these things you would have liked to see in uh the main story first like the fact that this movie goes out of its way to spoil so many things at the time obviously now you know the anime has gone further but at the time it spoiled endeavor scar it spoiled um hawks hawks existence and hawks Hmm. being a traitor or not a traitor but like a double agent it spoils deku's six quirks for no reason like straight up none <laughs> nine just grabs yeah. him and goes oh you have like more multiple quirks it's like why that's that's fair and what's interesting to me about that is that so i think that there's a comparable situation with uh one piece mm-hmm. and the one piece stampede stampede movie that came out mm-hmm. because um when when that comes out at the spoilers for one piece and stampede i guess uh, stop worrying about spoilers. They're stupid. Anyway, the at the end of that movie, he gets a log pose that leads to the final island. It leads to Raftel. And at that point, no one had known the name of the final island. And so just revealing that it was a, a thing that no one knew anywhere. And so it, but it was a tiny enough piece of information that it just was hype. Like that's just, that's something that you can throw in there. And it's just like, oh, that's the name of the island. That's so cool. Why is it called Raftel? Like what, what's going on there? And so the, the, the difference between that and this, I think, is that, yeah, you're right. I think it does a little bit spoil all of those, those um, emotional ideas and those cool thoughts that were from the manga uh, at that point. Um, and it, it's just, 
I don't know that I want to say cynical because it doesn't to me, this movie doesn't feel to me necessarily cynical so much as it feels lazy. Mm-hmm. And that's, I, I don't mean that at all on an animation front because um, the animation I think in this movie is wall to wall gorgeous. I think that it is, it, it's really pretty fantastic uh, across the board on all of that, especially the ending. The ending is really, really well done, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but from a storytelling perspective and the opportunities that were there to to tell an interesting, fun story, they're just wasted completely. And it feels like they were just throw it was just thrown together of like, okay, uh, we're gonna throw some darts at the wall. They're just gonna fight some bad guys. Here's a wolf man who his power, I guess, is get more animal elastic and also have a laser breath thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it would have been much more interesting if they, because that guy, I was like, what the fuck can his power possibly be? Because it feels like it's like 10 quirks all packed into one. And I realized, oh, you should have just made that the thing of like, oh, he's also a guy who's got multiple quirks and had all of their their little minion dudes have that. And I think you could have used that if you if you picked good quirks for those people to have, you could have really given fun ways for the individual um, students of 1A to uh, work together and and ha- come up with cool com- cool combinations of their powers. And if you really wanted to make it work as a fun movie, you could set up early in the movie conflicts between those characters who will later have to work together to beat those bad guys, which as a as a whole builds to the final moment of Bakugo and Deku coming together and working together to to fight the final villain. I think you could make that all work sweepingly and thematically through the entire thing. No. Uh, especially as a contrast of uh, against the the villains who are have, are people who have stolen other people's quirks and they they are now like in a in a way using an evil version of working together by having forced other people's abilities out of them. Mm-hmm. I think that whole thing could work and be this really cool idea. And they're just like, no, nah, it's just it's a, it's a fight scene. There's there's they fight. Yeah, I was about to say like you gotta you gotta hold on a little, Rick. Like you're almost getting creative. <laughs> Uh, which is not something these movies can do. <laughs> no, they're not allowed to. Well, I, and, and, and that's that's sad, you know, because there there is so much potential in what you could do, especially since they're like unusually willing. It feels like to be like, no, these are canon. Like these these movies happen in in the My Hero universe. Yeah, but I think the problem is that, like all big popular shonen manga movies, uh, they are just so obsessed with remaining loyal to how these characters are depicted you know in uh their most popular moments that Mm -hmm. they just cannot seemingly cannot bring themselves to actually create any interesting tension like literally all of 1a in this in this movie they're just you know the way they are in the story Mm -hmm. by default like they don't have much depth beyond that and you Mm -hmm. could make an argument that they don't have much depth in the main story for most of the time. But, you know, someone like Kirishima is someone who canonically has uh, feelings and opinions regarding his position in the world and, like, his, mm-hmm. what his power means to him. And you could leverage that, but the movie just doesn't because it doesn't seemingly want to waste time or, you know, air quotes, waste time on character writing when it could use that time on hype fights, I guess. But Right, like, exactly. I think, to me, what this movie really struggles with is convincing me that there's a reason for any of this because um (laughs) you're right yeah i can agree with that yeah like i mentioned them spoiling the six quirks like Mm -hmm. i don't care that it spoils people like i don't really mind that by itself but if you're gonna spoil someone through a an additional property for the love of god make it actually like mean something 
Like right, yeah. The, there is the doctor's identity gets spoiled in this movie for no reason. There is <laughs> yeah no necessity for him to be in this movie, and yet they still spoil him, which is such a shame because I think that is actually one of the coolest reveals in MHA that like this random background character from chapter one is actually super important. And they mm-hmm. just yeah. throw it in because, hey, let's do it, I guess. So And th- there's definitely ways you could you could do that and do something cool with it. Like uh, going back to, to the One Piece thing in Raftail. The thing that happens that is really cool in that movie is, yeah, you find out that that's the, what that log pose is and it's got the name on it and you see the name. And immediately the first thing Luffy does is like, fuck this, and smashes it because he doesn't want to go on that adventure. It's boring. And that does like reiterate a character moment of his from earlier in the story. Mm-hmm. But... It, it also, I think, just does do... It gives Luffy a chance to be uniquely Luffy. And mm-hmm. the the thing... There are so many opportunities for that in this movie for Bakugo to be uniquely Bakugo. And Deku... Well, Deku kind of just is Deku. Like, he he does his, like, I'm a hero and I'm sweet and I'm a, the, just the nicest motherfucker that you have ever met in your entire life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and I appreciate that. But you... There's... There's... <sighs> I, I think that, to me, the saddest thing is that wasted potential mm-hmm. because it, you, you don't need... So I think that anime gets a reputation of like, oh, it's just flashy fight scenes and there's, there's really nothing else there. And I don't think that that's true. I think that when these stories are at their best, it's when they have built up to these fights to give you that emotional resonance and to, to give you that like moment of character thought because to me when two shonen characters are fighting it out it is not actually about the conf- the physical conflict that's on that the, it, it is often two ideologies that are going up against one each other in a, in a symbolic way mm-hmm. um can you see i'm putting that english major to work now <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> but that that really is the case like when when you see deku fighting shigaraki at the end of the war arc um which is the, the next thing i kind of want to get into is comparing this movie to that uh when you see that it, it really is you're seeing the the depths of these two characters and what they really believe and what's at the core of them and that's that's why you have those moments of like Shigaraki going back through his past and and realizing what why he is the way he is and understanding himself at the same time that you have Deku have that moment of when I saw you in that in that moment when we were fighting to the death and we were literally trying to kill each other I saw someone who looked like they needed saving mm-hmm. those those moments are are huge and powerful, and they say things about who these people characters are. Mm-hmm. This movie is just, hey, I'm a punch ya. Yeah, <laughs> and there's lightning on it because lightning is cool. Yeah, like I think another thing this movie suffers from is uh, you mentioned ideologies. How there's like nine as a villain is just the most stereotypical bad guy you could imagine. Like it's we've awful. Made, yes, we've made progress. Like at least this time, the bad guy has a name. That's nice. <laughs> um, yeah. And God, I, I forgot about that. <laughs> and I do like like that is like initial goal of uh, nines is um just self preservation. That he's like, okay, mm-hmm. I have this power that literally kills me, and I need a way to use it without dying. Like mm-hmm. that, I like. I don't like what comes afterwards, where he's like, yeah, we're just gonna build this uh society of power and the strong will rule the weak and it's like dude like is it impossible for people to write like their bad guys to have any other motivation 
Like, is there no solution to uh, a superpowered society other than just the genocide of the weak? Like, come <laughs> on, man. Absolutely. Like, and the crazy thing is that he is he is absolutely very clearly a a not even C, a F grade version of Shigaraki, like yes. on every level. And it's clear that that like because I, I don't remember where this was when we when like where this came out in in term, relation to what was going on in the manga but like now we have seen that you know he's got one for all so he's also stealing uh uh or all for one he's now stealing powers mm-hmm. like this guy is and so the 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 comparisons between Shigaraki and this nine loser are are just on it, it's like they ha- it's like cooler versus Frieza you know in yeah. in the Dragon Ball Z movies it's exactly that close but this guy just shows to me, like to me, because this this movie exists, I now appreciate so much more the depth that Shigaraki as a character has, mm-hmm. because this guy has none of it, not even the slightest bit, and it's pathetic. Like it's really sad that they they failed this hard in creating a character and, and making him interesting. Because, like you said, like uh, you you wouldn't want to do like the exact same thing as Shigaraki. Like you just that that would be a bad idea, mm-hmm. but. Having his motivation just be his own survival, that could be a, a, a really interesting idea because that would play to like uh, to to Deku's desires for you know to save people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so he would be very conflicted about like, well, yeah, I, I, like clearly I should not just give this guy this child to have him rip away this child's unique power, but also this guy's dying. Like, can I save him too? Like, you could make an interesting dilemma there, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I- instead it's just like punches <laughs> yeah because because the thing with nine is he is very much what uh you could think shigaraki is if you don't pay attention basically mm-hmm. because shigaraki's motivations are not super simple to like sum up because obviously he wants the decay of society but like that's often where people ended at as like understanding of what he wants when really mm-hmm. it's more so a it's not even a reset. It's more like a complete rejection of the idea of a future at all. Like, mm, you know, yeah. this system just does not have the right to to uh, continue existing. And I don't have a solution and I don't have to have one because you created right. me and my only purpose is to destroy you. And, you know, you could make an argument that that's somewhat flat. But if you want to see a flat character motivation, then look no further than the strong must rule. Like... Right, exactly, because that's that's the di- that is the the key difference between Nine and uh, and Shigaraki. The thing that makes Shigaraki much more interesting is that Shigaraki doesn't want to rule. He is literally he he because of his backstory is the way that it is and the way that it builds up. When you get to the final point where he is he basically says that his entire ideology is essentially fuck you. Mm-hmm. Y- it makes sense because it is built from this. Uh, this world that has systematically destroyed him personally on on so many levels when obviously given who he is he should have been one of the first people that that was saved in a lot of ways mm-hmm. but because the society has driven these other people to do the things that they did in his life it it makes sense on a level that that is impressive to me um because honestly, there's nothing that I can imagine more edgy than just a Gareth that's like, yeah, I'm going to destroy your society because it, it fucked me over and blah, 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 blah. But it, it gives just so much depth to that to see the ways that it systematically failed him over and over and over again. And 
when the the only person that was influencing him uh, in what could be seen as a positive way is the greatest villain of the entire series who was purposefully making him to be a weapon, essentially. Mm -hmm. All of that comes together in a, a really fascinating way that is just so much more interesting than the strong will rule the weak from a guy who is literally killing himself. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, you know, the thing with Shigaraki also is that, and him and All for One both have this, where their ideas are so, like, vast that you can kind of read into it whatever you want. Like, you can mm -hmm. you can read Shigaraki as a sort of um, a representation of the generational dissatisfaction with the systems that you're born mm -hmm. into because he is obviously very young and represents this sort of young upstart against the system and you see i'm using my degree here as well but um, <laughs> you know nine is completely empty of things like that he just wants mm -hmm. people to be strong and those that aren't strong try try harder next time try being born stronger like there just is nothing there and you know and what's insane is like the two people who are are, are the strongest here He's not like, hey, join me. Like, we can make a better society because we're strong. Bakugo, you're kicking ass with your explosions. Deku, what the fuck is going on with that quirk of yours? Yeah. It's awesome. Like, join me. We should we should rule this world because we will make it a better place. Like, that's all you got to do. Just give it the slightest twinge that way, and I'm I'm down at least a little bit. Mm -hmm. But instead, he's like, he's looking at these guys who are whipping his ass, and he's like, no, the strong will will rule. Fuck you, dude. You're not even the strongest guy there. Yeah, and it's, again, a shame that, uh, you know, these movies have now made it a habit of uh, relegating backstories of certain of movie-only characters to the special volumes that get sold at Japanese theaters. Uh, oh, are you serious? Does this guy have, like, some, like, backstory that explains why he's, he's this asshole? Well, it's not crazy explained. I think the chapter even was for a while on the Shonen Jump app. Um, but, yes, there is uh, volume R which is a single chapter which covers sort of how Nine comes into contact with the League of Villains. Um, and it's okay. briefly touched upon in this movie as well. But basically, he was born into extreme poverty, as in his parents literally abandoned him in a public toilet level oh, of geez. poverty. Like you, okay. see, like, him, like, you see his, like, newborn baby in, like, a, uh, you know, one of those squat toilets. Just oh. Like, and, you know, he... Um, has been fighting for his life his entire life and he cannot fight back because his quirk a is so powerful you cannot you cannot do non-lethal attacks with it and B, sure every yeah, time yeah. he does uh a random part of his body just dies so every time <laughs> yeah that's the actual way it works every time he uses it a random amount of cells in a random place on his body just disappear from existence <laughs> just turn into liquid wow so okay. Every, every time he uses it, he's at risk of literally turning his brain into mush. And so he um, comes into contact with the doctor, specifically seeking him out. It's not actually explained how he finds out about him, but he seems to have like an intellect behind him. And, hmm. uh, you know, he's like, hey, so I really have nothing to live for except this idea that I want people like me to have a good life. People who are strong but cannot thrive under the way our bodies and the world are. Um help me make my dream a reality and I'll give you anything you want. And um, this is the coolest part about this, which for the love of God, this movie should have brought this up. Um, <laughs> the doctor says, okay, you will become one of the nine experiments to create the perfect Nomu. 
of course, in preparation to uh, turn Shigaraki into the perfect Nomu. Right. Because, and I don't know if you know this, but the main villain of MHA Vigilantes is number six, the sixth experiment, and the guy who can hold six quirks. Okay, that's interesting. uh, I like that. Shigaraki is number 10 because he is called Tenko. You know, that is the whole point there. He's the 10th experiment to, uh, you know, surpass all for one and become the perfect artificial quirk uh, host. Huh, all right. Yeah, that shit's cool. I just wish it were in the movie. Yeah, like even even just that idea of him being someone whose quirk is so powerful that it destroys him, you could spin that in a way that could be really interesting, especially if you had uh, if you took more more of an interest in his in his subordinates and like had them also be people who have these incredible powers that that will that are also destroying him, especially since there's a lot of thematic resonance between that and the way that Deku's quirk especially worked at this time of like he, one punch and he's just like destroyed his arm. Mm-hmm. Um, there you you could make you could make so much out of this and it could be so good and instead. It's just punchy punches. Yeah, and the good stuff <laughs> is in... so sad now. The, the good stuff is just in the booklet, which it's been confirmed movie three will also have that. So, yay. <laughs> Great. It's yeah. going to be punchy punches all the way down. Fucking awesome. Well, honestly, I'm more down with movie three because the premise of movie three is just... They've completely abandoned trying to make sense, and I'm kind of all for it. Have you heard okay. of the premise for movie three? Uh-uh. No, yeah. What is it? Uh, Deku is wanted globally for mass murder. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? <laughs> he is wanted globally because someone has been bombing cities using gas that contains his DNA, and the conclusion of the global authorities is that, oh yeah, that's Deku, Deku's doing. And so he uh, has to oh. seemingly <laughs> undercover... <laughs> that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> All right, keep going, keep going, I'm sorry. So uh, he has to seemingly go undercover across the world, try to defuse various versions of these bombs, and he also runs into, like, a New York kid called, uh, what is it, Uh, Randy or some shit? Like a poor (laughs) Randy. Yeah, like just, you know, average American name, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, Yeah. And then somehow there's this organization that uh, wants to purify society. Wonder what that could be. Um, oh god i mean hey at least the league of villains is not involved this time seemingly um it's a completely that new was weird that was weird having them be in this movie just to be like yeah we exist yeah. all right bye yeah i mean what's even weirder is the fact that this movie takes place after my villain academia but nothing of that is acknowledged like wait oh wait yeah it would have to wouldn't it yeah this takes place it's it's also funny because this third movie that's coming out takes place during endeavor agency so the two movies take place right after each other. <laughs> so okay, that go ahead, yeah. Yeah. So Deku uh, gives one for all to Bakugo, gets it back, heals, comes home to find out that he's wanted for murder. Just, <laughs> he's just having a rough weekend, isn't he? He's, yeah. Uh, poor so, yeah, little like, bastard. With movie three, I'm kind of on board because it's so dumb. Like I'm, I'm absolutely for it. Like. If you're just going to turn off your frontal lobe and just go complete nut, nuts on me, I'm fine with that. Don't try to be canon. Just go completely bonkers. I'm good with that. Yeah. Yeah, that's that I'm good. I'm also like that's fine. Yeah, if if you don't if you were not interested in telling a a really uh 
interesting and and deep story. Just tell me a fun one, and I'm down. Like, yeah. fuck yeah. I'm. That's why I read these kinds of things is because it's fun. So yeah, if you can entertain me, I'm all for that for sure. Yeah, like that third movie looks to be hella fun. Like the sh- the trailer shot of Deku Spider Man swinging with Black Whip away from the cops is the funniest yeah. shit in existence. Like I love <laughs> that, that is great. Yes. Um, and that that does kind of lead into the the next thing I wanted to talk about, which is like. It's so strange seeing like this part of the uh, of this of the story, like this era of the story, when I'm like currently the stuff that I because ha- I've been I've been kind of like letting it build up and binge reading a whole big chunk of it uh, lately, and the story now is just like basically post apocalyptic level of like everything is shit and everything is horrible. Mm-hmm. Normal life is not a thing anymore. Mm-hmm. And then going back to like, oh, okay, yeah, we're gonna have Ida give this old lady a piggyback ride and she's gonna run around and Kaminari's gonna charge a tractor. Like it it's it's so dissonant the the like what is currently going on in uh My Hero Academia with all like the the crumbled buildings and villains just on the loose destroying things and killing people like crazy. And then also, yeah, here's this little island and, and they're happy there and they have a nice little life and nothing really big has ever happened there. And there's these two little kids that just call the heroes and tell them there's a child missing and no one really cares that that they falsified that information because hey, fuck it. It's it's not a big deal. No one nothing bad ever happens here. Uh, the fi- I think the final line of the movie, or one of the final lines, is Deku telling the little kid, I'll see you at UA sometime. And <laughs> Yeah, ends. it is, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, the movie ends, <laughs> and me and my girlfriend just turn to each other and we're like, yeah, that didn't work out, did it? <laughs> <laughs> no. That kid, that, well, to be fair, that kid is probably going to have a, a really good, uh, be very useful in, in what's coming up, because he can heal people, so like he's going to be also, real good to have around. That's also Oh, true. God. Although, you know what, I do like, because, you know, these movies always need a MacGuffin, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I do like how, like, unabstracted this MacGuffin is. Because sometimes you have, like, oh, this is the key that gives you ultimate power. You know, the mm. thing that gives you the ability to change the world. Here, it's literally like, no, I am dying. I need someone to heal me. Like, I like how uh, just straight up to the point it is. And I do right, appreciate right. that. Like, again, 9, I think, works the best when it's just about you know, raw survival. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to die. Give me this child, you know? Man, <laughs> you know how I would have ended this movie? I would have had Bakugo and Deku fail to beat him. Like, they they almost do. Like, he's, he's basically on his last legs, like, struggling over to the kid. The kid can't get away for some reason. And then when he's about to steal the kid's quirk, the kid goes, you know, I can't use this on myself, right? <laughs> and then... <laughs> And then the way that you, like, you have that moment of, like, are you fucking kidding me? And he just collapses. And then have the kid heal him, like, uh-huh. at least enough to keep him alive. And you could, ha- like, that would be the kind of story that I think would have a point to it of, of especially if you if you did all my other ideas of teamwork building up to this. Mm-hmm. And had it be this kid that is, like, yeah, you needed help, so I'm I'm going to help you, even though you did all this shit. I think that you could make something really fun and interesting. You just need to brainstorm the ideas behind these characters for three seconds. Well, that's the thing with this movie. Uh, once you realize it's based on Horikoshi's original draft, the mm-hmm. immediate next realization is, huh, I wonder why he threw this ending away. Oh, right. yeah. <laughs> Fair. I, I do want to know, like, 
what like how far had he had he worked on that like did he was he just like yeah i think that i'm gonna end this with with deku giving bakugo his thing and two one for alls and that'll be cool mm-hmm. or was it just like a uh or like and like he he like worked in the character ideas and like tried to figure out like how he was gonna build up to all that and and all that or if it was just a like uh yeah, this is what I was thinking originally, but like once I did like ten chapters in, I was like, this is a stupid idea. Hey, why don't you just throw it in that movie there? Well, it's interesting that you say that because you mentioned the war arc, and you can really see that this movie is basically a uh, beta version of the war arc in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Because it's it's kind of the same thing. You have a Shigaraki esque villain who's on the hunt to steal a specific quirk, and you have everyone working together essentially to keep him away while trying to figure out what his weakness is. That's literally the war arc. Like on a exactly, and scale. and like, does does he have something of like he's he's like running out of power or something? No, it's it, it was that that w- the one dude had used his power to turn his powers off. That's what it was. Well, that and also Shigaraki was kind of falling apart because his um his time in the juice tank had been interrupted. He was only seventy five percent complete. That's right. Yeah, and that's why he was like, yeah. having all those cracks and everything. That's right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, no, you're right. It is it is very much a a beta version of that, and it's it, it very like the way that we ex, we we talked about how Sh- Shigaraki is such a better version of Nine. The War Arc is just so much be- uh, such a better version of this yeah. because it's got so many of those things that that we're talking about of of making those characters uh, and their decisions matter and and that kind of thing of like the way that people have to work together to to try and stop the the gigantic mountain monster man dude. Um, yeah. Yeah, like, uh, another thing that I do like about um, Nine, however, and it's a very specific, very small thing that I don't even know if it's in the sub, because I rewatched it today for the first time in dub, is in his final, like, attacks, he screams, I'm going to make my dream a reality, which is a Mm. callback to, you know, the big exposition dump at the start of the series, where superpowers allow us to make our dreams reality. And I was like, huh, that's cool. I wish there was yeah. more like this. Like I wish it yeah. was executed on. For real, that 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 is yeah. That there is a lot that you could you could do with that. That is a good point. Damn, mm-hmm. man. The more we talk about this, the more disappointed I am in this movie. Uh, oh, especially okay. There's there's one thing about about My Hero Academia that I am constantly sad about, and it, is Kaminari the the guy that's the lightning power dude? Yes. He just ex- he why why did you make the 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 lightning power guy the Krillin of your series Horikoshi? Why he's got such a cool power and all he ever does is charge things up or not be effective at all? It's so sad to me. Yeah, no, it's like I I think I've said that last time as well. Like I love good lightning powers in uh, my stories. So when I mm-hmm. saw that he's basically just the joke character, that was traumatic but (laughs) yes i do think that the main story has utilized him somewhat well in the war arc at least and honestly in this movie like at least he gets to do things right like he gets to fight some of the goons and i find it so funny that the solution to them getting hit by lightning is just using him as a lightning rod (laughs) that's true yeah yeah so but i I do (laughs) get you i do get you I I wish that he'd just like been like, haha, I've got your lightning now and like throwing it back at him. That that would have been better to me at least. Just give him let him throw one good punch, man. That's all I really want. Let him have his moment. Yeah. <sighs> but I mean, you know, overall I think the movie is really good at giving everyone their moment. Like uh, fucking For sure. tape uh, fucking Cero, uh the tape guy, 
He gets How do you so make much. him cool? Like, his, his power is so lame. Like, he is the worst version of Spider-Man, and his throwing those rocks is badass. Yeah. Oh. Like, it's a, oh. him and Uraraka's assault on Nine is one of the coolest scenes in the movie. Like, For sure. Like, they, they really did a lot to make those two work together. And I don't, like, am I wrong? Have those two, like, had much interaction in the actual series? Because I don't remember them ever really talking. A single one, which is when Deku says that he saw a naked girl and they both go, what the fuck? During the license <laughs> exam arc. That's their only interaction. And that's crazy, because in like once you see it in this movie, you're like, oh, their powers are perfect for each other. Mm-hmm. Like you could, re- they could really come up with some awesome combos between the two of them. Nah, mm-hmm. no, it's just you know in this movie. Yeah, whatever, right? <laughs> but yeah, in general, like I think this is, and I like how the movies have been progressing this because the first movie was basically just you know the money characters, the ones that sell the most toys, mm-hmm. and now yeah. with movie two, you have the entirety of class one A. And now movie mm-hmm. three seems to be because it's all about like global cooperation. So you have all of these heroes, like pro heroes, Endeavor, Hawks, Burning. You have all of the top ten. You even have heroes that appeared in the first movie as like the American heroes reappear in the third movie to help oh. them out with this global crisis. So I That's like cool. how yeah, I like how they like keep expanding the roster of like the movie cast. The fucking uh, the Godzilla hero from movie one apparently is going to make a reappearance in movie three. It's <laughs> so cool. Excellent. Yes, I want that. I, I want a whole series about that Godzilla hero just because, I mean, I'm a huge Godzilla fanboy, so like, um, <laughs> I need that. Yeah, I, I like how he's just called Godzilla as well. <laughs> Godzilla. No, <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. I, I adore that. That's fantastic. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, so, yeah, I like how these movies have s- sort of a progression in their own. I kind of hope we get to the point where they progress into being good sometimes. <laughs> That'd be nice. That'd be great. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. All right. So, uh, I feel like we're, we're kind of starting to wind down. Um, mm-hmm. So, the way that we, we typically end these is we, uh, we'll both go through and go one of – we'll say our favorite thing about the movie, our least favorite thing, and then give it a rating out of five. And it'll be, like, something from the movie. So, like, five nines out of five. <laughs> that didn't quite work, but I, get, I remember that. I remember that little thing. Um, so, do you want me to go first then? or? Yeah. If, yeah, if you don't mind. Okay. My favorite thing about the movie is how it gives everyone something to do and – and that is something I actually didn't manage to mention so far, so I'm going to mention it here. I like that this movie actually looks like a movie because the mm. previous one was just a long anime episode with a cool climax. This one is yeah. a proper premium My Hero Academia experience on the visual front. Like, from start to bottom, it is fantastic. Um, the animators Absolutely that gorgeous. It, yeah, they're all industry legends, and it seems like most of that team is returning for the third movie, so I cannot wait for that. Um, my least favorite part about the movie is pretty much everything related to the plot and, uh, <laughs> like the narrative, like it's, it's just, it's not that it's narrative is terrible. It's, it barely has one. Like it's, mm-hmm. it doesn't have a narrative. It has an excuse for a fight and an excuse yeah. for a cool moment. And excuse writing is never a good idea to me. Right. Right. Um, we're, we're long past the days of like the, the, the Dragon Ball Z movies, like Tree of Might and the World Strong. Like you give, give, you got to give me more than that, man. Just, yeah. just do something else. Yeah, exactly. So I think I'll give it, uh, I don't know, three tape guy fighting scenes out of five. <laughs> that's, that's fair. I, I, can, I can understand that. Um, 
I think that my favorite part of this movie is that it kind of managed to get me invested in this island. Mm-hmm. Um, not not like to a to a real deep degree, but like it was such an idyllic community, and mm-hmm. it was so the, everything about that opening was just sweet and fun and happy. And I was like, I really wish that I could live on a cool island with a whole bunch of my friends and just like use us all use superpowers to help out people. Like there's, it's low stakes. There's no big deal. Like villains aren't coming for us. Just, just have a cool summer where we all just spend a time, a big time helping each other out. That'd be, that'd be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it, 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 it was just sweet. It was just a sweet little cute thing. And it's probably because I'm watching the world fall apart in the main series right now. Yeah. But it, it, it was just very, it was very cute. It felt very nostalgic to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I appreciated that. Uh, my least favorite thing is, yeah, it's got to be the story. It's just an utter pla- black hole of, of wasted potential because there's so much cool things that you could easily dig into. Like, you don't even have to use any of the ideas that I think that we came up with in over the course of this conversation. Like, there's just a lot more you could do with, with what they set up here. Mm-hmm. And instead, they, they, just, they just shit the bed real bad on that front. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to know how much of an involvement Horikoshi has in these kind of things. Like, does he give him just a basic idea or does he like have any, any, like, does he read the script at all or give them pointers or anything like that? I'm, I'm very curious about that, that back end of it because, um, to, to bring it back to one piece for one more second, just cause I'm the one piece nerd and I can't stop talking about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- like you can, Im- you can absolutely tell a staggering difference between the, the one piece movies that were made without Oda's involvement and the ones that have his direct involvement. It's such a significant change in just how the characters are handled and how they're written and what, what happens through the story. Um, and so I want, I would like to know like if, if uh, what degree of involvement Horikoshi has in this and if he had more, like what would it have looked like? Um, yeah, Cause I think that they're, well, no, I just wanted to kind of input what I know about the background, which is that with these movies, Hori from the beginning said that he wants to be involved, but he doesn't want to take um, to Time take the reins away. His... No, mm. he doesn't want to take the reins away oh. from the directors because <laughs> oh, okay. He he thinks that you know, it seems to be his general approach to all supplementary material that he give he basically gives them his ideas then lets them do their thing, then they send it back, and he looks over it and says, okay, I'm all right with this. Um, huh, and that is okay. why all My Hero spinoffs have such varying degree of quality and, um, you know, stuff, right? Like, yeah, all, of interesting. It, all of it fits. Like, there are very few inconsistencies, generally. This movie has a few, <laughs> but, you know, they're, they're not glaring if you don't think about them too hard. And that is right. because Hori does this this sort of double checking, but he does not write most of it himself. Um, that is why you know the subject matter of something like Vigilantes is so different from something like Team Up Mission, which is the other spinoff about you know team ups of the various hero agencies. You know you have okay. uh, Tokoyami working with the Shadow Guy and Mirko mm-hmm. working with Bakugo and things like that. And uh, the light novels, which focus on much more slice-of-life things, you know, the awkwardness of having Endeavor show up for a parent-teacher meeting and things like that. <laughs> that Where does sound hilarious. It's, it's really fun. And, you know, it's like, it's like Hori basically gives them the ideas and tells them, gives them, like, you know, startup writer's notes, and then they do their thing, and 
they send it back and he says, okay, this is fine. I like it. And that seems to be the extent of his involvement. Okay. Um, I think that's, that is right. I think that's one of the, the impressive things about, uh, my hero in, in general to me is that, um, the world that Horikoshi has created is such a, um, intricate one without feeling that way. It just, there's, there's so many situations that pop up where, you know, it will be like, oh, your dad's the number one hero and, or number two hero, and he's got a chip on his shoulder and he's an asshole about it. And now he's showing up to your parent teacher conference is a thing that I really do believe exists in the same world as, oh, I'm watching my dad on the news fight a monster that is obviously murdering him. Mm-hmm. Like th- those two ideas don't feel incongruous in the way that I think that they could in a, in a lesser series. Mm-hmm. And what stands out to me about this movie is that it, it shows like how easy it would be to create a world that would not have that depth. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that's, that's, that's my least favorite thing to, to bring it back to that, 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 that lack of depth is sad when the, the main story that this is supposedly, you know, in some ways trying to be a, a better version of, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, really fails to get the thing that makes this series so powerful in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to give this, uh, two bloody coughing into my hands out of five. Um, it's, it's just, it's pitiful. Uh-huh. <laughs> there's, there's stuff in here that are, that is amazing. I, I want to, to especially call out the, the animators, uh, because good Lord, their, their blood, sweat and tears are on the, on screen to display. It's, mm-hmm. it's just a shame that they, they didn't have the material to, on the, on the story end to, to live up to their talent. I think, mm-hmm. um, that, that makes me sad, but, Overall, like I would recommend people check this out. Like it's it's a fun time if you go into it knowing what you're going to get. I think. Yeah, pretty much. Like um, I think with anime movies, ironically, they're contrary to what you would think. They are always more fun for casual fans than they are for hardcore fans, because hardcore yeah. fans will always try to find out. Okay, well, what does this mean for the rest of the story? Whereas casual fans very you know admirably just sit there and go yeah this is cool you know the the (laughs) right yeah the chad meme where they're like yes i like this (laughs) exactly it's just like yeah i had fun yeah Uh, but you can't the story the thematic elements fuck you (laughs) like no the themes bakugo go boom nice (laughs) yeah bakugo does go boom damn he like oh okay that one moment like at the end of the thing where he's he's using his quirk on the wall and he's like forcing himself to push forward like slowly and you can see how like his legs are dragging against the ground Uh that's such a well animated moment of just exhaustion and trying his best and like ah that's such a cool there's so many cool tiny individual instances like that that are so good in this movie yeah, like in general, I think um, also the character acting and animation ends up really selling a lot of these characters. Like, I have never seen someone animate Uraraka barfing with so much love. It's almost uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I can agree with that. <laughs> I, I think, honestly, that's the perfect note to end this on. All right. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I really appreciate you you uh, being on and having this conversation with me. Um, as soon as we both have access to... Uh, to world, uh, what is it? World mission? Is that the name uh, of the next World one? Heroes mission? Yeah. As soon as we both have access to that one, um, we should try and, and do this again and and round out the 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 movies. You think the third one's gonna the final one? 
Really? <laughs> well, <laughs> round out the ones that are currently coming out right now. Well, word has actually, it, word has it we're getting um, a movie a year for the next ten years. So uh, strap up. Oh, those up, are gonna buddy. be terrible. Oh fuck, <laughs> yeah. those are gonna be awful. Yeah. You can't, no, don't do that. No. Oh god, just <laughs> make it every two years. Give just give yourself some time, guys. Jeez. <sighs> Yeah, well, Although I'm going to be honest, I am looking forward to the one that will come out next that has to k- take place in like a completely fucked world of just like everything is destroyed. That will be cool. They'll just not acknowledge it. <laughs> That's true. That's probably what will happen. But a like My Hero Academia Fallout edition would be just fucking great. I would be so into that. <laughs> M- money has uh, money has been destroyed. Everyone pays in All Might's trading cards now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> All right, man. This has been a blast. Thank you for coming on. Um, Thank you for having uh, me. You can, you can find him on YouTube at Oceans, uh, O-C-E-A-N-I-Z, I think is the spelling yes. of it. Um, and uh, you can also find him on Twitter. He is hilarious there. I highly recommend you follow him. He is, he is a blast to listen to there. Um, you can also find more of us at opinionatedpodcast.com. Uh, you can follow us for updates on our episodes at OpinionCast. And uh, you can email us at opinionatedmoviereviews at gmail.com uh, if you want to recommend us um, movies we should watch or books we should read. Uh, and uh, yeah, go follow us on Spotify and leave us a rating on iTunes because that's the best way that we have to get out to new listeners. Um, until next time, uh, we're opinionated. I'm not going to do the, make you do the whole thing because it's dumb and it doesn't work with just two people. So blah, okay. blah, blah. We're opinionated. Bye.